0: This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. I'm here with Steve Cochran. We welcome all of you into our 1,394th uh, podcast. No, I'm joking. We don't know what number it is. So uh, welcome to the Liberator Podcast. Steve, how you doing today, man? <laughs>
1: I'm doing well, Jeremy. I, I was about to wonder who you'd done the previous thousand three hundred with because I don't remember any of those beyond twenty five. But yeah, uh, good to there, see you.
0: There's a guy named Steve Rockrum I've been working with um, in India, yeah. and he's uh, he's been doing great. A little bit of accent, but uh, it works when you're. He's out. Cheap,
1: cheaper than me, is he? Episode? Yeah. <laughs> much, <laughs> much cheaper. Uh, <laughs> uh i've been been outsourced
0: (laughs) (laughs) still get the british kind of indian heritage but it's just a little bit
1: cheaper yeah yeah Well, well the british and the indians one of our two greatest exports to india were railways and cricket yes and of course like all like all things the british invented you'll notice the aristocracy created all the sports that take all day because they had nothing to do so cricket was perfect it could go on for five days and in the complete anathema to every American I've ever known is, at the end of five full days' play, you can still have a draw. <laughs> that's
0: awful. That's awful. Well, hey, speaking of, <laughs> I think the world needs to know this. All of our listeners need to be aware of this fact. Who won the Women's Cricket
1: Championship, Steve? Well, that's a very good, very good question, Jeremy. It's actually the world, Cricket, world Cup of Cricket was played in England, and England beat India. On Sunday, in a thrilling climax, which really was incredibly exciting. Um, and it was full. Lord's, which is the spiritual home of cricket, there were 27,000 people, full house to go and watch England cricket, England women's cricket beat the Indians. So, <laughs> I know. A-
0: I, now, I have to say, as an American sportsman, hang on, and <laughs> I know I could get in trouble here with some of our listeners, but I just, I've oh. never even knew there was a women's cricket world i mean that's like that's brand new to me and then there's a i guess there's women's softball in america so there would there, why, why not there would, there would be a women's cricket but i just i, I don't know i just thought that's funny to, for me <laughs> it,
1: it seems ironic it seems ironic for this entp to be warning you about discretion and discipline but <laughs> oh. over, over in over in this part of the world we've had a huge furore about the gender pay gap because the british the bbc had to publish um, how much all the stars were being paid. And it turned out that basically the men were being paid a lot more than the women for the same job. So um, I, I would just say how excited we are that women's cricket is now reaching a level where we're talking about it on our global podcast well no, I'm, move on to I'm, what we're going to talk I'm about. I'm just tonight.
0: saying, all, all I'm saying, is that it's nothing about the gender at all. It's just the simple fact that cricket alone, which is a funny sport, I and mean, I've gotten, I, mean, I kind of got into it, I mean, you know, slightly, but just i just didn't even know there was i just found out is what i'm trying to say i just found out there was a women's cricket world and that's for me that's like huh i had no idea
1: well it's very unlike the americans to believe if they don't play it that it it doesn't exist exactly
0: exactly because i mean from you know from the center of the world that we i'm joking now now i'm getting into getting some people really lathered (laughs) up
1: before we before we lose another half million uh, listeners, uh, why don't you <laughs> tell us what we're going to look at today, Jeremy? Because I'm going to save you. This is me being a friend.
0: Today we're going to look at um, Steve's top five dysfunctions, the areas of, of his life that really, and we're going to talk about some unconfessed sin. And it's actually I'm really excited about. It. There's a couple of issues that Steve's not shared <laughs> with anyone that we get to find today. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 I've never
1: known you this feisty this time Uh, in the morning, so that's good.
0: We are today, today we're going to talk about personal productivity. We're going to talk about um, how we've been making some significant decisions, how we use the calendar rhythms um, with decision making with our team, those types of things. We're going to walk you through a tool called X-Factor and TBF, uh, Temple Balance Focus, and talk a little bit about org clarity. So, uh, Steve, why don't you start us off in this direction today? You feel good about that?
1: Always. Humility is always my big issue, as you know. Yeah. And my new book, Effortless Humility and How I Mastered It, will be out after Christmas. So, um, no, I mean, I think all of you here will know that basically we, we, comp- we constantly reiterate the vision of what we do, which is to raise up liberators, to change their leadership culture in every major city sector in the world. Our mission. You know, is indoctrinated into us. We help people become a leader worth following. We equip them to build leaders worth following, and they basically so they can lead the teams and organizations everyone wants to work for. Our values are ingrained. You know, self-awareness, love, ingenuity, and heroic goals. All those things have been almost like the underpinning of everything that we've been building. But what happens is growth always brings new challenges, and one of the things we've been working really hard on um, is that that leadership roles and responsibilities because I just think that sometimes if you're the leader of your organization it it sometimes feels that well you know it doesn't really matter how clear things are our experience has been is if we don't do the hard yards of clarifying roles and responsibilities at the very senior level it gets worse and worse and harder and harder for people to be productive in the way they want to be further down so every year we do a um, in June we do a partners retreat and staff retreat we had three four days for a wonderful lake house in Atlanta. And we work pretty hard, we also play as well and you know catch up with each other. But the big theme has been really at the moment, asking what are the key roles that we're gonna play um, as we move into the next season of growth, but also what we would call establishment. So that's been, that's been kind of big on our agenda and that's part of that organizational clarity piece. Because if it, most people have strategy, some will have structures, but that's one of those ones, particularly in our organization, where in some ways um, we have almost the two of us have been leading it in different ways, and we've had Mike in the mix. So leadership roles and responsibilities, we think, is pretty foundational to ultimately productivity for us individually and clarity, but particularly for the team and the wider members of the organization who, you know, in many ways, it'll never be more organized than it is with us.
0: Well, and we have this uh, phrase we use, we can't, you can't give what you don't possess. So we basically serve organizations around people We we, we serve the people problem. We, we help the people problem. We, we do leader development for companies. We do organizational uh, development. We help people, um, solve, uh, you know, key problems. So if we don't have it ourselves, then we can't possess mm-hmm. it. And so I think that's the one thing I'm most excited about going into the summer going, yeah, we've actually gotten to the point in the last two or three years, we have vision, we have missions, we have values down, we have our strategies in place. But our leadership roles, it's now time for that clarity, which will lead to uh, structure to understand what are our systems, uh, what are the capital needs, what are the people. And then that gives our people the chance to work in tactics to know, you know, what is it I do today? What is my role today and how does does that help us win? And uh, so what we're doing is we're demonstrating it to our team with our leadership and then we'll drive that down. And we're also doing that with every one of our associates, which I want to talk to at the very end of this. I want to talk to the listeners about, uh, uh, what it means to be an associate. Um, so with that, um, then we, we, uh, we have been diving into just reanalyzing what does the organization need right now, which is always a great question for you who are listening. What does the company need right now? Especially if you're the leader, what does it need right now? And, um, you know what, every June we're going to reevaluate our leadership roles to, Hey, are we in the right role? Are we in the right seat? What does the company need right now? And is there a different way that we need to structure it for the next season so that you never get stagnated because we end up dealing with most organizations who are stagnated. I'm, I'm about to go just a little bit to work with an organization and we've working with a founder and he's been in the seat for about 15 years and he's not changed any positions. And, so they've got 15 years. Well, I guarantee you the company's changed about 10 times in those 15 years. and mm-hmm. but, but he stayed in the same positions and now he's having leadership issues because he's not fluid enough to mix and move uh, depending on what the company and organization needed. So that's something that we're trying to mimic and, and do for ourselves mm-hmm. so our clients can, uh, can can move from there. So Steve, why don't we jump you in? The, go ahead, good.
1: I was going to say, the other, I think the other lens that's important is in in startup and beginning, you end up doing pretty much everything because you don't have enough resource to be specialists at that point. I think the other thing that's been a lens for us as we've been talking is the 70-30 principle. You know, how do we increasingly put our people, our key leaders and team into roles and responsibilities that really fit the way they're wired? So we know that if somebody can spend 70% of their time doing the things that they are by nature naturally made for, it's always energizing, and ultimately they're way more productive. So for us in some ways, you know, if you use voices, for me that's, if I'm doing the Pioneer Connector, uh, and that's the kind of the, the freedom of the ENTP where I'm not constrained all the time by you know, schedules that are mapped out miles in advance, where there's entrepreneurial freedom to find what the next opportunities are, to work at some of those key connections and relationships then I've always got the energy for the guardian and the nurturer detail. But I think that's another thing that we're doing at the moment is we get that clarity and we, it's really looking at our team and going, you know, they've been an amazing person as an all-rounder for the last three or four years. But how do we fight for their highest possible good? How do we help them into a seat on the bus that really fits them?
0: Which which goes to one of our tools called 70-30 and, uh, or Cockrum's Law, uh, right, Steve? So it's, it's like the 70-30 is... Something that Steve really um, honed and, and built and this, the whole idea that uh, it, it, we, pro- we produce, we're the most effective when we're in 70% of what we're working on is what's energizing. That's what our unconscious mm-hmm. competence, things that we're, we're really gifted at, we know how to do. And 30% of what we do is things that you know we, we're comp- consciously competent, we can do the work, but it's, maybe it's a little bit draining. So for me, I can do some legal work and, and I can do some uh, accounting detail if I'm thriving and 70% of my work is in things that are life-giving, where I'm speaking, where I'm actually having to – I can create or having strategy. So if, if I'm aligned, if I'm at 70-30, then things are, are good. But when I'm, when I'm underwater, which is another reason why if you're listening, it's important at least once a year to do a role clarity, to really look at your leadership roles and go, hey, where are your people at? Are they at 30-70? Are they at 50-50? Because if you're underwater, um, when you're underwater, I believe you drowned. I believe that's what the, <laughs> right? So you drown. <laughs> when you're underwater too long, you can only hold your breath for so long. But then eventually you die. And we've got a lot of people sitting in roles and they're dead in their roles because they're upside down. And, and the leaders are not fighting for their highest possible good, or they're not fighting for their own highest possible good to get to the 70-30 role. So for us, that's what we're doing. We're doing it with ourselves. Uh, we found out Mike, for instance, our, our uh, uh, managing partner, well, Mike's been kind of playing CFO, COO, and um, kind of senior VP of sales and uh, kind of managing partner in that regard. Well, he's been doing all those things. But he's not been at 70-30. He probably at best is 50-50 because he's having to do too many things. So mm-hmm. how do we get him back to 70-30? Well, that's what we're doing. So we're reallocating uh, resources to take off some things that he, he can do. It's not his sweet spot, but he can do them so that he can thrive in the things that we really, really need him to be because he's amazing. So we, mm-hmm. we want him to be amazing. And, um so therefore, we're just shifting resources around to make sure, and now we're trying to do that with every single person inside the organization.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I think the other thing is, Jeremy, we're also asking, what what do people feel excited about? So it's been, you know, we'll talk about your role in a moment, but I think there's also that sense, if you can, particularly when there's such trusted relationships, where you're actually trying to fight for each other's highest possible good. We're actually trying to find what is it that's going to, benefit you because if it benefits you it will benefit the organization and the rest of us and so we've been we've been kind of wrestling a little bit with you know how do you and i relate because in some senses if we work well everything tends to fall into place if we don't then it causes confusion for other people so tell them a little bit about what your what your main focus or you think you're the key leadership roles for this next year are, are going to be
0: um i really feel just to step in as the leader of women's cricket um it's going to be my wait sorry i brought it back up dang it um, no, my, well, so Steve and I are, have been operating as, um, partners and co-CEOs really over Europe for Steve and over the U S for, for us. And we have about, um, 95 associates at this point in time that they're really leadership consultants and, and we work with companies of all, uh, shapes and sizes. And so, um, what we've really felt though is, is that we're just kind of see that there's an establishment season. So I'm stepping in as CEO um, steve's going to going to play co founder um and so he'll play his role, and you can share on that. My role will be more uh strategy um really creating a centralized location uh having uh oversight over our strategic initiatives getting getting us better on our systems um really scaling and how we scale and and the humility that we have to work with together. Because that's a decision that we all came to together uh, to say, hey, I'm going to play the CEO role for a season. And, um, and then you play the, the co-founder role for a season. Here's what it looks like. Let's reevaluate it next June. But we're, we're liberators. So we're fighting for each other's highest possible good. And we're fighting for the company's highest possible good. So we basically felt as if, is there any ambiguity that people are um, seeing? Is there, is there communication holes? And we've had some. So we've recognized it for the organization of going, you know what? We need to shore those up for the next season. Let's have a real clear chain of command and communication and clarity of role. And so that's that's where uh, we are. And so I'm stepping into that space. I'm going, all right, I'm excited about it. I've actually got some um, uh, mojo around it and some excitement around uh, uh, some things and clarity. And so I'll do that for a season, and then we'll reevaluate this next, next June. So... Anything
1: to add to that? No, I think, you know, we, we often talk about humble humility as a, a function. If, I think it, this wouldn't work if everyone was competing for their own space and their own position. And I think the, the, the idea of getting to that place of humble, confident, secure, it's not about you, it's not about the individual. I mean, I, in some ways, there's a part of me go, well, Jeremy's now the CEO, I'm not. But what I know is because of our relationship, Actually, I know it's the right thing for everybody right now. And that because of that, then actually there's the freedom to be able to enable that process to happen. And it, I think that's the key thing of trust in relationships. It, it's very hard to do this if you actually don't have trusting relationships with the people that you lead with.
0: Well, the other part is that we have, we have a, um, and this is for all the listeners, we've been swallowing this idea of being a liberator. So to, to, it's a lifestyle for us. This isn't just a shtick. It's not just a principle. To to be a liberator is to fight for the highest possible good of those that you lead. So that what that means is the CEO now actually goes to the bottom. So in our case, it's, it's actually a servant role. So we're basically saying that the CEO is serving the organization. To fight for the highest possible good means that we're trying to create... Um, how do we take away anything that would... That would um, slow people down. Anything that would frustrate our associates. Anything that would confuse our clients. And really, that's the role that we're playing for the season. So it's it's very different. Whereas Steve and I, as co-founders, we're really on top, overseeing the vision, mission, values still. So the role is not going to uh, dissipate, and the way we make decisions is really unique because we still make decisions um, as a partner. Uh, but when it comes down to uh, leading the day-to-day and, and or the, the strategic initiatives, it's all built on serving. And, again, uh, gosh, there's just most, you know, everyone that listening, we, we deal on leadership issues every single day with with companies all over the world. And the drama that is inside organizations, it's all based on insecurity. It's all based on people trying to prove themselves who are afraid of losing something and, or they're trying to hide something. So that self-preservation is so permeates most organizations. So to get healthy means that, that, that we're completely secure with one another. And we're so confident in the mission that we have together that we'll fight for each other's highest possible good. Because for instance, I know Steve. Steve's unbelievable. If anyone's listening and wants to come to a leader intensive, not that I'm trying to sell now, Steve, uh, you to have a leader intensive every day, but if anyone wants to, have, um, anyone wants to be truly free, I mean, like liberated and, and so in their sweet spot, then Steve Cochran is probably the best person that I've ever seen and ever met in the world at helping people get unlocked. So for you to have the freedom, Steve, to go and do that with people from, you know, friends of ours in D.C., I won't mention names, uh, friends of, of ours who lead large companies, friends of ours in, but it doesn't have to be by status or title. You serve people. Well, to allow Steve to play in a sweet spot uh, for a season and, and be at 70-30 without having to take on certain um, operational roles, that's a win for us. It's a win for our clients, and it's a win for you. So that's just one example of how we fight to get each other to seventy
1: thirty. 30 That's great. I love it. And I think, I think that people are, people are listening, and you think of your team. You think of the health of the communication and the relationships in your team. None of this is possible if you haven't won that battle. It, it, otherwise, as Jeremy said, the self-preservation is always overrides. Because, well, hang on, why do they want that role? Or why does this happen? So it's a, really, it's a really good test of our, I guess our heart as leaders. What, what are we in it for? Is it about us? Is it about our people? Is it about for the good of everyone else rather than it be about, well, how, how does it make my life easy? And I think that's, That's what I appreciate most about, you know, we we have almost, I don't know, I'd love to, if anyone does this, um, I would say that as entrepreneurs by character, Jeremy and I, the thing that we've got right without getting it wrong, every other tool basically is us getting it wrong, is that we've never, we've known the tendency to make quick decisions thinking we've got the right thing. So we've covenanted from the beginning with each other, we never make decisions that change strategy, significant investments of capital or strategic change that hasn't been agreed, without actually, initially Jeremy and I, but now with Mike as well, all having an equal vote in that process. And we found that two greens and a yellow, so we're really scientific in our voting process, but two two greens and a yellow is minimum before we allow a decision to go forward. We found a green and two yellows is not enough, and anyone who has red after we've had the conversation, that is a veto and we won't do it. And I, I would say that if you're you know, the man or the woman, it's so easy, we watch CEOs, founders, who think they're being collaborative in the way they make decisions. But in some senses, they have such positional power or personality power. The challenge to really hold the perspective that you will not know every, you won't make every decision right yourself. But the power of actually that collaborative decision making, I think has been absolutely fundamental to how we've moved forward and we haven't made many bad decisions because of that we go slow we go we go slower to go faster
0: well and, and power in and of itself is um tricky right so people covet power and to, to pow- because power in essence uh is their identity it gives them it, it, it feeds their identity it feeds their self-worth and so authority in that regard is misused often And, uh, so the law of self-preservation would say basically, um, when you overprotect what you're afraid of losing, you'll lose it sooner. So I know a lot of people who work so hard to, to create power and keep power, but they have power, but they lose influence. And to, to think about a a person who has power with no influence, uh, that's, that's not a person you want to be around. And and so for us to say what we're challenging all of those listening to go, it takes humility, it takes trust, it takes time, it takes years. But when you find the team, when you find the partners, when you find the types of relationships where you're totally fighting for each other's highest possible good, and you're pushing to get people to 70-30, there will be a fruit that will come. There will be a health that starts exuding from the organization. And then what we're doing, we're not stopping there. So we're taking the next month and now we're pushing it to the next level to all of our directors, all of our HQ leaders, that, that they would begin to do the same exercise so that we've got role clarity by the end of August in this case. And uh, what that does is that basically gets us to the to the point where we've got a team who knows their roles. And are there going to be some hiccups? Yes. Are there going to be some holes that we create? Yes. But in essence, we're fighting for that all the way down to the organization. So much so that we're, we've actually um, been doing the same thing for our um, associates, which I want to I give a short plug to Steve for the, the um, associates. So our associates are amazing. Uh, we call them, they're giants. And a giant has a, um, in, in the brand itself, it has a little I. So big G, little I. And that stands for humility. It stands for secure, confident humility. And so we do big things in a humble way. And so we've—they're uh, really leadership consultants, and we're—we're uh, we're really helping them scale at levels that they've—they've they've never um, experienced in the—the the growth that we're about to experience. So uh, my plug and my request is this: if anyone is interested in becoming an associate, um, then it's a, a really, really um, fun. Uh, lifestyle if, if you will it's a fun way to live but these are people who use leadership as a platform uh, to help organizations grow by helping their people grow and we we work with companies again uh, of all shapes and sizes small companies large companies and so we're always looking for those people who have a leadership story uh, we're looking for people who can carry a room uh, who understand that leadership principles uh, and of giant and who are willing to um, employ those and use those and uh, so we're we're uh, looking for those people who want to expand and grow in in we're in lots of cities that we're, we're not in lots of cities we are in a lot of cities but we're not in a lot so we're looking for people in multiple countries and primarily we're filling out the U.S. right now a little bit in the U.K. and Europe and we'll grow in the future into other other territories anything you'd add to any of that Steve?
1: No, I just think that, um, you know, if you'd like to hear more, just, you know, reach out. What's the best way of contacting us, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, the best way would, would probably be reaching out to um, to Mike uh, uh, at, at uh, Mike or Justin Westbrooks, um, probably at this point, if you can send an email at justin at com, and to say interested in an associate training and he'll filter it to the right
1: person. Fantastic. What advice? I mean, I guess, Jeremy, I know that, the people who write to us, not everybody is necessarily the CEO, the founder. What advice would you, would, would you give to someone in a team right now who's frustrated that they're hearing what we're describing about the humility, the alignment, the desire to get people in the right roles, and they're going, "Well, well my team just isn't like that at the moment. What, what advice would, you, would, would we give perhaps to someone in a frustrated environment in relation to the health of their team?
0: So um, you can't give what you don't possess right? So it always starts with you first. So I have, we have, we hear that a lot, right? We well, don't understand my boss. Can you help fix my boss first? And, uh, what we, what we would say is actually, um, represent yourself in such a way that people look at you and go, oh my goodness, who this, wow. you've re-. So that there you're completely as self-aware as possible. You're growing as much as possible." You are exuding, you're becoming the type of leader that people want to follow and everyone underneath you, the organization. So uh, for those of you who are trying to fix people who are unfixable or don't want to be fixed uh, or we <laughs> stuck in a certain location, then you become the leader that people want to follow and you'll start watching. That might take, you know, a year or two in that process. And then what starts taking place is people under you start wanting to follow you. Someone's going to notice Or you're going to need to move move on and get into a different location, a different place that allows you the freedom uh, to be be you. And uh, those are just the realities. Anything you'd add to that?
1: Yeah, It's good. I mean, I think all I'd say is that a lot of people spend a lot of energy and a lot of sort of emotion trying to address something they have no power to influence. Um, You can't change your CEO. You can't change... But every, what you can do, is what Jeremy said there, is you can take responsibility for the areas where you do have real influence. So, you know, lead your team well and model the behaviours that you want others. And what you'll find is, as your influence grows, all of a sudden, people start to come and ask you for, well, why is it working in your world? Why? And And all of a sudden, it's much easier for people to pull from you than you to push to other people. So I think if you're frustrated and you're kind of going, well, it's not like Giant or whatever it may be, the reality is you you all you actually have to model it in the world where you do have all influence and authority and allow that influence or that circle of influence to grow. That's good. Any other, any? I mean, if you think for, it's, a, it's a good time of the year, and I think kind of you know, what we try and do is with you all the way through is we, we're trying to share what are we learning, what have we learnt, either through getting it right or usually getting it wrong and then reflecting on it together. But I think that the, the, the clarity of role, I'm actually really excited about the year ahead because in some senses, I've got five areas and five things that basically are big enough that I can actually then look, how am I prioritizing time? How am I allocating the resource? We only have so much time, you know, no one's, no one's richer or poorer with time. And actually having some clarity And for me, because obviously being an ENTP, my tendency will be is I can drift off with what's exciting, but to actually know that the people that I'm sharing this journey with in leadership have all signed off on going, Steve, we really believe this is where you can add your best this year. These are the things we really want to encourage you and empower you to live into. So it's almost like I have permission and it fits with the 70-30. So I think that's another thing, whereas if you, if you are looking at you know roles, and responsibilities in teams, particularly if you're the leader of the team, actually getting to the point where everyone around the table can look at each other and go, I think this is going to be, if you do this well, this is going to be a big win for all of us. And I think that's the place where we're at at the moment where I can look and go, Jeremy, I'll love i help you to keep the priorities. Because in some ways you're taking on a, a more complex role for a connector creative which is you know the organizational leadership. And I'm saying, hey, almost I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna end up effectively delivering for some of our key giants what we effectively used to do for clients. But it actually feels like that's gonna be a win. So I think that's another really good thing if you're in a team, to actually go, can you look around the table and go, here's the things that I'm really gonna be responsible for this year, and actually allow other people to confirm that, to celebrate it, and to in some sense say, will you hold me accountable to this and will you almost protect me at times for when I get dragged into the high, urgent, but low, important? How do you help each other stay focused in the areas that where you're going to add the greatest value?
0: It's good. Well, well everyone listening, thank you for um, your friendship. And uh, as, as always, just remember the art of leadership is the, the calibration of high support and high challenge and being consistent as you fight for the highest possible good the lives of those you lead. That's what the liberators do. That's a liberating leader. It's a different style of leadership. Um, and so that's what we're advocating. That's what we're encouraging. And we wish you all the very best. Until next time, we sign off. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.